This episode of Let's Talk About Sex with Lynn and Jen is not intended as a substitute for seeing your own mental health provider. We are here to initiate conversations about sex. Let's keep the conversations going. You can find us on Twitter at TalkingSexPod or email us at TalkingSexPodcast at gmail.com. We also want to give special thanks to Nathan Diffie for our podcast cover art and our wonderful editor, Julia W.D. Harrison. Lynn Ponton and I, Jennifer Wong, are the executive producers. I'm Lynn Ponton of Let's Talk About Sex with Lynn and Jen, inviting you to listen to a podcast, Unmask, two therapists talking about psychological issues during the time of COVID. Please join us on in-depth conversations about COVID issues during this very challenging time. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, uh, this is Lynn of uh, Lynn and Jen, and let's talk about sex and in particular our unmasked track focusing on the COVID issues uh, related to emotions. And today uh, we were going to focus on uh, the emotional frame of flexibility really through COVID uh, based on a couple of things that have just happened in our past week. How are you doing, Jen? I'm doing okay. I mean, I think speaking of flexibility, (laughs) this is a week where I've had to channel a lot of that, but I'm in a space where I'm I'm doing well and I'm looking forward to our conversation today. I think one of the things that struck us both, we both saw simultaneously a CNN uh, video uh, that was of a woman a newscaster named Miss Lopez, and she was delivering uh, the meteorological report to viewers in Southern California. And then all of a sudden you hear little noises. She kind of laughs and you realize a little boy about 12 to 18 months old is crawling up her leg and she uh, laughs, picks him up and continues giving the meteorological report while she's holding her very cute little boy. And uh, that was a, a joy to working moms everywhere, I think, to see that. And to see how we're many of us are coping with grandkids or kids at home and trying to do our work at the same time. So really, it's how do we manage this? Uh, they contrasted this with a male newscaster, and they showed uh, this horrific video where he's giving the news uh, or has an interview going on. He's talking. And then in the background, a little child runs in. And uh, the man turns around, looks so, as you said, Jim, we talked about it, mortified. And he looks angry. And so the child sees that face, so do we as the audience. And then after maybe 30 seconds, a woman of color runs in, grabs the child and apologizes and removes the child from the room. And uh, it was really, CNN was commenting on the different strategies around this. And it it brought up for me this whole issue of how do we stay flexible? You know, our kids at home during this time of COVID really for many of us bring this point home. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I think that we were talking earlier about how anytime you're working with kids, it requires a certain level of flexibility because they're so in the moment that it can be 
very challenging to just keep like a rigid structure. And I I think that that's true for me as a therapist. Working with kids requires a certain level of flexibility naturally because they are so kind of focused on what it is that they want to do and where they're at. The adult's job, I think, on some level to, to meet them where they're at and then redirect if you want to redirect them, but starting with meeting where they're at. And so, you know, I was, I think I was talking about how like with, with a older client, I might have sort of a general idea of where I think a session will be or where I'm going to begin. And when I'm working with a really young child, I don't really know where the session will go because I'm like matching where they're at. And I think this is really kind of shown in how the mom who has the Miss Lopez, who has the kid kind of crawling up her leg, she laughs and she just kind of picks the kid up and like keeps going. And I think this is really the sort of mentality that we want to cultivate around flexibility in our children because they're really not doing something on purpose. They're not doing it to intentionally like screw up your day. They're not they're conniving and being like, oh, my dad has an interview. Let me go like interrupt it and ruin it. Right. And so really understanding there's none of that intentionality behind it. And as the adult, it's up to you to be the one to kind of flex around. that. And you bring up a very good point there, Jen, when you're in that position, either as the therapist or the parent, really how you pivot and demonstrate that even this lack of, of so-called normalcy or rigidity is normal. And you've got to be able to move with that, with children or as a therapist. With a lot of the sessions with my little kids, patients during uh, COVID, I've had to be flexible and accept the fact that we might have the session in their bedroom, or we might have the session while they're walking their dog. Or, you know, a lot of uh, little animals are in therapy now. I've seen every single pet that they yeah, have. Me too. And I've got to be flexible and really accept maybe we're not going to talk about a certain emotional program that I might have had going, but it's really where they're at that day. And I think we're all learning more about how to do this with COVID, but there does seem to be a struggle between, to some degree, in gender roles, how men do things and those who are more rigid, and there are women who are more rigid too, and those who are more flexible and say, hey, we got to change with this program. And I, I think what really comes up is this idea of not just people being rigid, but also a lot of the systems around work and the expectations being very rigid. And that a lot of people are being held to the same standards, particularly around productivity. They're being held to the same standards that they had when they were going into work, when they were working a nine to five or whatever hours they were working, you know, in to really think about how different this experience has been because people are trying to continue to meet those standards, but they have to also have sort of space to really 
what is the word I'm looking for? I guess calculate isn't right, but like to uh, to account for, that's the word I'm looking for. So so space to account for the fact that they have kids at home and pets at home and that they don't follow these types of rigid schedules, right? And, and how, what are the different ways that you can work with that? And I think it's been really disappointing to see that a lot of companies are not allowing flexibility, are not really showing the investment in their workers and understanding that because the whole kind of framework has changed, the experience in which people are working has changed, the rules around what is expected must also change. You're bringing up really how places of employment can respond to this, and they've got to be flexible too. Because in general, one of the studies I saw said that there's a third more work uh, required in each workday just because of all the Zooms and the meetings and the the type of uh, documentation and everything else that has to go on. And just the number of times we go down even in our podcast, you know, that's important to look at that and take that into account. That takes minutes off your day too. So there's a lot of adjustment. It's not just people have to adjust, but really companies, corporations, businesses, everything. It's just not the same as it was. Right. And I think the inflexibility is really challenging for a lot of people because what I see, at least among the people that I'm working with, is sort of this oscillation between being really upset about the company and their inability to flex to meet current demands. But also there's a part where people are sort of looking at themselves and wondering if there's something kind of wrong with them that they're not able to meet these standards. And and that's really problematic. I think it's really about being able to look at these different pieces and, and see what are the levels of accountability and that everything has to kind of flex yeah. in order to work together. No, I think everybody's life, working life is changed in that way. Uh, Yesterday, I was involved in being deposed about a woman who gave birth in prison. And that's a not so good thing to begin with. But the three male attorneys who were really interviewing me wanted to keep the same rigid structure that they might if we were meeting in a courtroom when I was being deposed. And again, you know, it wasn't possible. We're doing this over Zoom. You know, it's not very easy. And uh, it was incredibly challenging. And just I realized that I was going to have to accept that these voices would come out of nowhere. Men's voices asking me very antagonistic questions. And it was a real change, you know, in my own life that I had to say, stay flexible This isn't about you, Lynn. If anybody was going through this, it would be hard. And really try to keep myself going, but also recognize that I needed a lot of rest last night, self-care, which you always talk about, Jen, and things to really get through that experience. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's it exactly, is, is that being able to have that 
inner narrative for yourself where you can walk yourself through that and and go, you know, okay, this isn't about you, Lynn. You know, this is just part of kind of what's going on. This is something I I didn't realize until right now, but this is something I've been working a lot on with my clients is sort of the inner narrative of how they're making sense of what is going on and how they're making sense of not taking responsibility for pieces that are not theirs to own. And I, I think that brings up a, an interesting point too around uh, one of the biggest fights that I see is really around parents who are both working and whose responsibility is it to handle certain kids' um, demands, you know, whether it be who's the one signing on to get the kid to attend their Zoom class, who is the one making the food. All of these things are, you know, are, are new conversations that are having to be navigated. And I think it brings up a lot of the gender role expectations that have long been present in our society. We started uh, this, uh, really, this session out talking about Miss Lopez and, and the male newscaster, whose name, unfortunately, I don't think was given. And it's really about how different people handle these needs. And like you, I, I believe that all parents need to be trained in better childcare because you're watching them engage in a lot more childcare now. And there is, of course, the gender role and the patriarchy part of it. But uh, there are some men that are doing a really good job with their kids at home. They are flexible. They are managing. But then you also see the stricter gender role that the man expects, many men, that women are going to pick up the pieces, know how to do this. They're more experienced. And therefore, it's their job, too, in addition to working from home. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think you bring up a really important point, which is something I wanted to make sure we highlighted, which is that it isn't just a purely gender thing. I've been working with a lot of clients where, you know, the man is the one who is able to be more flexible and is saying, you know, like, we like, this is just how it is, we're gonna have to figure it out. And, and the the mother being the one who's like, No, this is how it was, it has to remain this way. And so I think it's important to realize it's not a purely gendered thing, but that there are components just based on sort of the gendered expectations that are set up by our society and the pressures that it creates. And I think that is partic particularly true of some of the larger co corporations and their, their expectations in terms of who's doing what. Well, in general, those corporations don't expect ch children to crawl through the background of the work environment. This also brings up for me really the ideas of universal child care and all of us supporting better child care for our little children and making sure that uh, in high schools that both boys and girls are educated about child care because it's such an important part of our existence and all of us need to be more informed about it. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's really the, the main message here is that childcare is the responsibility of everybody. And so that's really what equity is about, is people having the right to choose whether or not you want someone else to be doing the childcare, whether you want to be the one doing the childcare and having the conversations you know, in terms of, do you want to be a stay stay at home parent? Do you want to work? And and it really being an option for anybody. And I I think that in order for that to be possible, you have to have people who are educate who have the same amount of education and understanding around what that looks like. And it, it gets back to for those parents who are having a hard time with their kids at home. They need extra skills, extra support, extra help really with this to become more comfortable with it. Because one thing I did notice about the male newscaster, he actually had seen Miss Lopez as the film of her very nicely pick up her little boy and kind of hold him through the meteorological report. And he actually sent her a text or Uh, a Facebook thing that said, nice work. I wish I'd known how to do that or could have done that. And it says not that a lot of men don't want to learn this stuff, but if they knew how to do it, if they guessed, if it was in their flexible range to think, oh, I'll just turn around and stop the filming right now and put my child right in this, you know, that would be a good way to make it happen. And I think it says more to the world culture. Uh, You know, we talk about it as patriarchy, but we've got to find a way to bring children back into the picture. (laughs) Yeah, very much so. I I think that's a great way to end this. And I, I think it's really about, you know, we've always come from this place of conversation and how conversations allow people to take different perspectives. And I, I think one thing that I want to make sure we throw in here, and I love that you shared that because that's not a piece about um, the, the male newscaster that I knew. I think it's so important that we be willing to look at our, our judgments and be willing to look at our interpretations and be willing to say, okay, like, what else is possible here, right? Like, what if, what if he had been able to have these skills? And and what if he wasn't doing these things from an intentional point? Because I think that's where a lot of conflict comes from, is that people will get upset or blame. And it's really about building the conversations and the understanding so that we can move into a space where these situations don't have to keep repeating themselves. Yeah, that's a great place to end, Jen. But uh, we've also been experiencing Glitches. a few little uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, difficulties during this. Uh, so we've had to be flexible. So if this whole interview discussion doesn't sound exactly perfect, and we're asking our listeners to be flexible. Very true, very true. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lynn. Take care. Bye-bye. Come on. Let's talk about